What's up, everybody? Tim here from Fresh Prince of South Walton, and this is episode two of Fresh Prince Babbles. In this episode, I'm going to talk a little bit about what screen printing actually is. That way you'll have an idea of what it is I actually do here at Fresh Prince of South Walton and what the heck I'm talking about in the coming episodes. So let's jump in to episode two. What is up? What is up, podcast listeners? Tim here from Fresh Prince of South Walton. And this is episode two of Fresh Prince Babbles. I'm calling this episode, What is Screen Printing? Because people don't often know what screen printing actually is and how it actually works. You know, everybody has that t-shirt drawer <clears throat> or the section of the closet that is, you know, color coded by what color your t-shirts are. Everyone does that, right? Everyone hangs up their t-shirts by color, right? You don't just hang them up all willy nilly. Uh, you love your t-shirts and you hang them up with their friends. All the red shirts go together and all, well, all the red shirts are dead. That's a Star Trek joke. Um, but anyway, everyone has tons of t-shirts. It seems like um, you could probably even tell me what your favorite t-shirt is out of the bunch that you have, like which one you wear the most, which one makes you feel the most comfortable. Maybe there's a sentimental story behind this t-shirt. Um, it was, a, you know, it belonged to a friend of yours, uh, that passed away, or it was your dad's t-shirt, or maybe you have a shirt that belonged to your grandfather or your grandmother, or, you know, all these different things, uh, that, that bring back a memory. Um, and that's one of the things that's really cool about t-shirts to me is that they can invoke memory. Um, so that's super cool. They're used most often, uh, screen printed t-shirts and printed t-shirts are used to convey some sort of message. Um, and we keep them to retain the memory, uh, that that message was about. So, you know, maybe, maybe you ran a 5k and the message of the t-shirt is that you ran the 5k, but the memory is the running of the 5k, you know, the, a race. Um, you could have seen your favorite band, volunteered to a charity event, you know, served in your local community and you received a t-shirt for that or you bought a t-shirt at the concert or whatever. And now every time you wear that t-shirt, you can go back to that place and you can remember and you can be there again. It's probably not quite like that, but that's the idea behind it. So most people have dozens of t-shirts laying around in a drawer or hung up in the closet, but not very many people can actually tell you how that shirt came to be. And how the the process went from being just a blank shirt in a box to getting that print on it and then you know delivered out to the to the client and you know all of that sort of stuff who who decided how many shirts to buy for that event you know all these different things how did the design come to be there's so many things that go into the process before you get that shirt and so this is going to be a quick 
journey through that process uh, to tr hopefully give you guys uh, a little bit of information about what screen printing looks like um, and sounds like in this case, because this is a podcast. Uh, so what it, what it sounds like to screen print uh, <laughs> shirts uh, before you get them. So um, screen printing can also be referred to as silk screening. So if you hear the word silk screen, uh, that's the same thing. Um, if anybody ever says silk screen to you or say, oh, is that a silk screen shirt? You know, don't reply with no, no, no. It's screen print because they're the, they're the same thing. Um, because initially screen printing was actually done through a silk screen. Screens were made out of silk. You pushed whatever type of ink or paint or whatever uh, medium you were using uh, onto that uh, garment onto that substrate, whatever, through a silk mesh. And that's how screen printing was done. Um, so we can screen print on all types of things. We can mostly screen printing is done on textiles, garments, t-shirts. Um, but people screen print posters. Um, a lot of times if you see, um, like local bands back in the day, um, not so much anymore because the internet exists and you can just order posters from a website. Um, but back in the, back in the day before the internet, um, you know, people would, bands would have their posters screen printed at the local screen print shop, or they would do it themselves, uh, because that was the better way to go because at that point, printing equipment, paper printing equipment was so big and bulky and expensive that screen printing equipment was the better way to go. And so that's how you screen printed posters and things like that. You can screen print on wood, all types of stuff. So right, like with the right tools, the right equipment, um, sometimes you have to build a jig to hold something. If you want to print something that's not uh, super flat, like I've seen skateboard jigs before and I've seen jigs to hold um, tumblers so that you can print on tumblers and coffee mugs and things like that. Um, so there's all kinds of different things that you can do with screen printing. But for me personally, I tend to focus on t-shirts and garments, t-shirts, hoodies, jackets, those types of things. That's what I do the most. That's what I have the most knowledge in. And so that's kind of the things that I'll talk about. I am doing some projects right now that I'll get to in a later episode, uh, that aren't those things. And it's been quite a journey. So it's going to be fun to talk about that once I actually get done with it and get the process figured out. Cause I'm actually still in the process of trying to figure out how to go about this. I'm in about iteration four right now. Um, so we'll talk about that in a later episode, but, um, <clears throat> if you know how the process works and you have the tools, then you can pretty much do anything in screen printing. And essentially, um, what you do to, to create a screen printing printed um, garment is you have what's called a screen. Um, it's an aluminum or a wood frame, um, much like the frame that you would see a painting wrapped on, like a canvas wrapped on, except um, instead of wrapping a, a canvas to it, you glue a piece of mesh to it. Um, and in doing that, 
you 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 glue it down at a certain uh, tension so that the screen is is tight on there, but not too not overstretched, but not understretched. You want it to have um, a good uh, a good tension, and they have a tool that you use to measure that tension so that you know you're getting it right. I don't remember what that tool is called because I don't do that part of the process. But once you have that made, uh, you actually go through a process of blocking off the holes in the mesh. You put a you put a liquid, um, it's called emulsion. You put a liquid emulsion down onto these. Uh, you kind of almost paint it on with this tool. And what it does is when it dries, it actually blocks off the holes in that mesh so that you can't get you can't penetrate them. They're they're it's a solid surface now. Um, but that emulsion, even after it's dry, is still it's a water-based product, so it's water soluble. If you spray water on it, um, it will it will fall apart, essentially, um, until it's actually exposed to light. Once it's exposed to light, UV light, like natural light, um, it hardens and it cures and it's no longer water soluble. <clears throat> I mean, it's no longer water soluble to that extent. It still is a little bit, but not to that extent. So what you do is you create your design out of, you can do it out of vinyl. Some people use vinyl. You can print what's called a film negative, which is basically the uh, same idea of projector films. If you're old like me, you remember projectors from school and how they put the film down and your teacher would write the answers to the math problems on the projector and that sort of thing. The same idea, it's just a clear piece of plastic film and you print your design out on that and you take that film and you attach it to your screen, to the emulsion, and you expose it to light. And when you expose it to light, the printed part of that film doesn't allow light through. So that part of the screen of the emulsion remains water soluble while the areas around it cure. And then you just spray water on there until all of that emulsion that didn't cure is washed out. And now you have a stencil that you can use to apply ink to the garment. So once those holes open back up, obviously the screen's wet, so you wanna let it sit out and dry until it until the water kind of evaporates off of it and then you put it on your screen printing press if you have multiple colors you align them so that they all line up in the same place and everything lines up where it's supposed to be so that your image comes out properly um, but once that process is done and the screen is made you print you can print as many shirts as you want pretty much until that screen starts to fall apart um, from that one screen. So what a lot of shops will do uh, is they'll keep those screens on hand and then when that customer comes back and orders another shirt or more shirts, they just grab that screen out of their, their Rolodex of screens, throw it on the press, print the shirts, done. Um, you have to have a pretty large shop to be able to accomplish that because you have to have screens just sitting around. So you have to have a place to store them um, my shop doesn't have that, so I don't get to do that kind of thing. Uh, but 
it's still a good idea if you have clients that are ordering often to just keep that screen because you know they're going to order every month or whatever. Um, so it's actually better in the long term to keep that screen on hand rather than tear it because you can also tear the screens back down and re-emulsion them, which is what I do typically uh, is I break the screens down back to just bare mesh, reapply new emulsion to them, and then I can use them for the next job rather than, or the next project, rather than them uh, just sitting around the shop and me having to buy a new screen every time I start a new project. Um, so that's basically the, the easy part of how a screen is made. And once it's made, it's put on the press, you put your ink on, on the screen, and then you use what's called a squeegee. And it's basically just a, I mean, it's a squeegee. It looks kind of like what you would see the squeegee used for like a floor squeegee in a restaurant or um, like in a, in a department store. Sometimes you'll see squeegees that they use to like clean up spills and things like that in the mall back in the day when we had malls. Um, it looks similar to that, but it's handheld typically in a wood frame that you hold onto with a wood handle and you push or pull that ink across the holes in that mesh. And when you do that, the ink pushes through the holes onto the garment, and then you have a printed garment. Um, sometimes you have to print multiple times uh, to get the right look. Sometimes you have to, um, you know, you, you have to play with that. There's different ways that you can go about printing to achieve different results. But for the most part, pushing ink through the screen with a squeegee is the simplest way to explain what's happening. Um, there are different types of ink that can be used and we'll get into talking about different types of ink in more depth later, but just for the sake of chatting about them really quick, um, there's what's called Plastisol ink. Plastisol ink is the most popular type of ink in screen printing. And it's, think of water-based paint and oil-based paint. It's the oil-based paint. Um, there's also water-based ink and it's the water-based paint. Um, so think of Plastisol as the oil-based, water-based as the water-based or the latex paint. And Plastisol ink and water-based ink react completely differently when they're being used. And we'll, like I said, we'll get into more depth um, into that later, but just let's just say for now that Plastisol is the most commonly used and the main reason for that is one, it's easier to use, and two, it actually creates a brighter, um, more long-lasting um, design, print rather. Uh, a, a brighter, more long-lasting print than water-based ink does. Water-based ink soaks into the fabric versus sitting on top of the fabric, and so you would think that it lasts longer, but because it's so thin and it soaks in and kind of, um, it, it doesn't, it doesn't last as long as it starts to fade over time. It'll wash out, if, especially if it's not cured correctly. And that's another problem with using water-based inks on garments in some of the smaller shops like mine is that we don't have the ability to cure them properly. 
And so the first few times you wash them, that ink's gonna just kind of go away and then the customer's mad and it's no good. Um, so for the most part, Plastisol ink is what we use here at the shop and what most shops use. Now, water-based ink will eventually cure uh, just by being left outside in the sun, essentially. Um, but we still run it through a belt dryer, through a, through a, um, a conveyor dryer to speed up that process. Um, Plastisol ink will never dry unless it's brought to a ter certain temperature for a certain amount of time. And so that's why here in the shop we have a belt dryer. It's called our conveyor dryer. Um, and basically after the shirt is printed, you lay it down on one end of that belt and it runs to the other end. And when it gets to the other side, it's gone through the oven for the appropriate amount of time at the appropriate temperature. And it's cured on the other end. Um, after the shirts come out that end, we tend to organize them by size and by color if there's multiple colors for the same project and then box them up and deliver them. Um, and then the client can do with them what they want at that point. So some places, smaller shops, garage shops, um, which is where we started out, but we actually started with a belt dryer, um, won't have a belt dryer because most belt dryers run on um, 220 volt uh, electric, like your like your dryer does in your house. Um, and most houses, most homes don't have an extra 220 outlet. So you either don't use a belt dryer and you just have what's called a flash dryer, which is just a, a heating element that sits on top of your screen and you put it over that until the ink reaches the appropriate temperature and then you take it off. Um, or you can run it through the belt dryer. We, we ended up getting a belt dryer that runs on regular 110 plugs into a regular outlet um, just for that reason because we knew we weren't going to have an extra 220 outlet. So there are ways to go about uh, bypassing that um, need for the 220 outlet. However, our belt, the belt dryer that we have here at the shop is pretty small. If we were printing any more shirts than we're printing now, probably, we would need a faster belt dryer or a larger belt dryer um, so that we could move more product through it in the hour or whatever, you know. Um, so anyway, I'm babbling. I knew I was going to do that, and that's why I called this show Fresh Prince Babbles. So um, I think we've touched on pretty much everything in the process. We touched on making screens. We touched on how to get the, the image onto the screen. We touched on putting screens on the press, lining them up appropriately, um, positioning them appropriately, pushing the ink through with the squeegee, curing the ink in whichever means is necessary based on the type of ink being used, and preparing the order for client pickup or delivery. So I think that's everything that we're going to talk about in this episode of Fresh Prince Babbles. So I have been Tim from Fresh Prince of South Walton. I hope that you enjoyed listening to my voice for this 20 minutes-ish. And um, yeah, that's it. Thank you so much for listening and God bless.